thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. I'm falling in love with the church more in these days, you know, and I think for me, uh, emotionally uh, in the room on Sunday, seeing people gathered together as well. And I think, you know, as much as this is church when we're online, there is something about that connection physically as well. And I want to encourage you guys to to really begin to pray about when you take your next steps back to physical gathering, whether it's in your connect groups or whether it's here on a Sunday as well. And all the while we're doing that, we're pushing into online. And for us, this is all about people. And this is all about connecting because it's people that matter the most to God. And you know, in this season, we wanna guard what's priceless. And what's priceless is our unity and our mission. Why is unity so important? Jesus says in John chapter 17, this is what Jesus prayed for right at the end um, of his time, you know, just before he went to, to the cross. This is exactly what he prayed for in John 17, verse 21. I pray that they will be one. Looking through history into this season right now, He said, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. You know, the unity of the church is so, so, so important. It's one of our biggest apologetics, okay? One of our biggest, uh, if you like, evidences. And again, Jesus says this in John 13, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this will everyone know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. The evidence of our discipleship is not our perfection. It's not our performance. It's not our power. It's not our great uh, buildings. It's not any of that. It's our unity. It's our love for one another. And I want to just open up a few things, guys, because I just sense that there are some of these things that it's almost like I want to speak into the life of Life Central Church. And if you're watching and you're not from Life Central Church, hey, hey, if you're a follower of Jesus, then this is true for you and your church as well. But there are some enemies uh, of unity that I think we need to guard against because we want to guard what's priceless. The first one is difference. You know, our world right now is so full of not only difference, but, but, but of anger and vitriol and, um, and, and partisan uh, politics and, and this or that. And, and it's almost like the difference is, is what's driving a wedge in our unity. And here's what I think we're observing right now. We struggle to embrace difference. Like if you're different from me, then there must be something wrong with you. If you have a different point of view, you must be wrong because I must be right. And we struggle to embrace difference. We struggle to manage tension. You know, know, as a church, as we move forward, um, you know, we're going to have people join our church who will come from different lifestyles than many of us. We'll have different beliefs and, and they're on a journey and we've got to learn to manage tension. You know, messy church is something that the Anglicans started a few years ago. And I think messy church, we think messy church is where your kids are there and where you're crayoning and colouring and all that. Hey, messy church is the only kind of church there is. Because where there's people, there's mess. I tell you what, where there's no mess, it means there's no people, there's no life. But when you've got life, you've always got mess. Our difference doesn't have to divide us. We've got to learn to manage tension. 
But we've also, we struggle to navigate uncertainty. And guys, I know that right now that there's some uncertainty around in terms of life and church and, and moving forward. And, and Alison's so wise, as, as I'm sure you know now as well. She often says to me when I'm, when I'm frustrated with maybe some people and, and what's happening, and she says, don't go for the behaviours, look at what's beneath. And often what's beneath is, is anger or frustration or uncertainty. And, and sometimes that can manifest on the surface in, in people's behaviours. And we've got to learn to manage difference. If we're angry, if we're fearful, if we're uncertain, uh, and as that increases, we really have to, have to learn to manage that and, and better. Because if we don't manage the difference, it leads on to the second enemy of unity, which is division. You see, that difference becomes disagreement, which becomes division. And there's nothing here at all. You know, the Apostle Paul, when he was writing letters to the, the early church, and, and often when you, when you read the New Testament, you need to understand that, that Paul is often, or, or James or Peter or, or John, whoever's writing, they're often writing letters to churches in contexts. Okay, and they're going through situations. And he writes to the church at Philippi in Philippians 4 verse 2. And he says, now I appeal to Yodia and Syntyche, please, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. It says from the message translation, I urge Yodia and Syntyche to iron out their differences and make up. God doesn't want his children holding grudges. And guys, in this season where we are a little bit fearful, where we are a little bit uncertain, where we might be a little bit angry, you know, our differences can lead to division. We need to guard against that at all times. In, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 to 4, and I'll read this from the Passion Translation, it says this, with tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love towards one another, especially towards those who may try your patience. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace, being one body and one spirit, as you are all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. Guys, can you hear the passion in these words? In this season, you've got to guard the sweet harmony. And that's, that's not just the elder's job. That's not just my job. That's your job. That's our job to guard the sweet harmony between us. As we move into this season, there's uncertainty. I know that. So those of you who are in the locations, Hagley and Rowley, you're asking what's happening with us. And the reality is we don't quite know yet at the moment. We're praying, we're talking, we're thinking, we're engaging. Um, you know, we're open. But in the process of that, you and I have got a responsibility to guard the unity, the sweet harmony, the Bible says there, that there is uh, with us. And we must do that. We're different generations. And again, that tension with different generations is, is a tension to manage, not a problem to be solved. And again, different expectations. You know, some of you are ready to regather now. Some of you aren't. That's absolutely fine. We want to manage that expectation and that tension together. So the difference doesn't become division and division doesn't divide us. So let me give you a couple of principles, okay, that are undergird, they're going to undergird this season for us. Principle number one is this. Our structures must be adaptable to support our mission, which is unchangeable. Our structures must be adaptable to support our mission, which is unchangeable. That means we will try things. So we're going to experiment as we move forward, okay? Many of you as families, you're asking what's happening about the kids' work. 
I want to say on publicly right now a massive thank you to all of our Next Gen staff and volunteers doing an outstanding job trying to get to grips with this reality, putting out loads of good content. Uh, and there's plans coming up now. We want to experiment. So from on October the 18th, we're going to experiment with an in-person, in-the-room and live stream all-age service on Sunday afternoon. So that's going to come out in the next few uh, days. And then from November the 1st, we want to experiment with under five provision on a Sunday morning. And you can bring your kids into the service and sit with you, okay? As long as you take responsibility for them and you understand we're not going to change the content of what we're doing on a Sunday morning. So from November the 1st, if that serves you and your family, you can do that. So as we move forward with this, I want to just say that doesn't mean that that is fixed in stone. Our structures have to be adaptable to underpin our mission, which is unchangeable. The second uh, principle is this. Our differences must never descend into division. Guys, if we do something and you don't like it or you don't understand it, please talk to us, okay? We're in a really difficult situation, all of us together, aren't we? Uh, and the only way we'll come through this stronger is by coming through it together. So ne never let our differences descend into division, but do all we can to guard um, our, our, the harmony that we've got. And so I want to suggest something else to you, you know, uh, and this is broader than just the church, but I want to implore you really, guys, let's pause before we post on social media, before we answer other people that, that have their point of view. Let's, let's do what James says, you know, when James says that you should be slow to, slow, was it slow to speak and, and quick to listen and slow to speak. We should guard our tongue. We should pause before we post. We want to be known for what we're for, not for what we're against. That's so, so important. But there's a third en enemy to our unity uh, and to our oneness. And I want to talk about this for a moment because it's this, it's disconnection. It's not just difference. It's not just division, but it's disconnection. And you might think, what, what, what on earth does that mean? How, how does that affect the unity um, of the church? Well, when you disconnect from the body of Christ, that affects the unity of the body of Christ. Okay, so, so when you back off, when you disconnect, what happens is that we lose something that you were contributing to the body. And there's a spiritual dynamic to this, which I think is so, so important. And I understand that over the past six months, We've streamed services. We've reached more people than we've ever reached. We've Zoomed and we've texted and we've called and we've WhatsApped. Listen, we've fed people as a church. We've helped house people as a church. We have come alongside people. We've supported people. We've had amazing stories of conversion and connection. But I also understand that for some of us, we're tired right now. We're weary right now. Online church, we're weary of. Zoom connect groups, we're weary of. But I have to say to you guys, we need to watch and guard the unity of the church and disconnection is an enemy. And I think we need to, and I said, I mentioned this on Sunday, I think we need to watch our language. And I've said this many times, I'm Zoomed out right now. You know, I've had enough of speaking to a camera. Guys, I don't know where this is going. None of us know where this is going. If we go into a tighter lockdown, I'll tell you what, this is the only thing we might have to stay connected to one another and to let God speak to us through this incredible gift of technology. 
And I want to say to you, let's, 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 let's reframe the narrative. Let, let's change what we're saying. And rather than, hey, I'm Zoomed out, say, thank you, God, that you've given us Zoom and WhatsApp and, and online church. These are ways we can connect. These are ways we can hear stories. These are ways we can encourage one another. But I also want to say, one of the other enemies, well, one of the things with disconnection is we've got to watch our language. We've also got to watch our posture. Guys, as you've watched churches like, on, on a screen for six months, you know, we, we, we've become very passive. And I want to say to you right now, we've got to change up our posture. There are loads of opportunities for you to serve in this season. You know, if you, if you have got a, a heart for tech and, you know, there's loads of opportunities for you to serve. If you've got a, a heart for, for people, there's loads of opportunities. If you've got a heart for the poor, there's loads of opportunities. So watch out is in the next few weeks, we, we say some of the opportunities that are coming up. Let's change our posture. Let's not just be consumers, but let's be contributors. You know, being church is more than an occasional click on a YouTube link. It's got to be more than that. So I want to encourage you in this season, you know, when you read the early church and you read in Acts 2, let's just look at this together in Acts 2, verse 42 to 47. And again, let me just read this passage uh, to you from the Passion uh, uh, Translation. And you, you know this very well. But just listen what was going on and let's just let these words almost speak to you tonight. And then we're going to take communion in a moment. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body. They were connected as one body and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favour of all the people. Listen, and the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. Guys, lean in. We've got to guard our unity, but we've also got to guard our mission. Our mission is not just to be together. Our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. And wouldn't it be amazing if in this season, the stories we told were stories like this. Every day, someone came to life. Every day, someone came to faith. Why couldn't that happen? We don't just meet for one hour on a Sunday now, but church is open all the time. Church is online. Church is on YouTube. Church is, is when we are church. Church is when we're at work. Church is when, when, when we're out in the marketplace, when we're being the church, the, the, the scattered church. Why can't our stories be that every day there was someone coming to life? But you know, when I look at this early church, I look at a group of people that didn't just live in rows, they lived in circles. And guys, our connect groups, our circles are so important. We're going to push into that in this next two to three months. Why are circles so important? Let me just give you a few reasons why connect groups and circles are so important. Number one, Jesus is in the circle. Jesus is in the circle. It says in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three come together in my name as my followers, I'm there among them. But number two, Everyone needs to know and be known. Now, 
I wonder if you remember what this TV series was from the 80s. I'm going to read the lyrics of the song and I want you to put in the chat right now what was the TV show from the 1980s, all right? So some of you are old enough. Here's the lyrics. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. Any, any takers? It is the American series Cheers. But what a brilliant idea there, isn't it? What a brilliant thought. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. We need that. We need, everybody needs to know and be known. Everyone needs to know and be known. That's why small group circles are so important. And then finally, everybody needs to put down roots. Guys, if you're disconnected, you're not putting down roots. If you just click onto YouTube once in a while, you're not putting down roots. I want to encourage you guys, don't jump out on your connect group right now. And if you're not in a connect group, let us know. We want to put you in one. We want to find a circle where you can experience Jesus in the middle of the circle, where you can know and be known and where you can begin to put down roots. Because when you put down roots, you'll begin to flourish. Guys, right now, we want to move to take communion together, just like they did. You know, they met in their homes and they met in the big space. They were scattered and they were gathered. They went deep and they went wide. It's not either or, it's both and. So guys, I want to invite you right now, just to let's, we're going to share communion together. And Alison's going to read a passage of scripture from Ephesians chapter three. And as she reads this passage of scripture, we're going to kind of move into communion. So, so make sure you've got some bread and some juice or some wine right there. And then we're going to move into take communion together. We're going to pray together. And then we're going to sing a hymn, which has been sung for hundreds of years. Because you see, our faith isn't just about us right now in this COVID-19 season. Our faith goes way back and it goes way across the planet and it goes way forward into eternity. And we want to guard what's priceless. We want to guard the crown jewels of our unity and of our mission. So as Alison reads this, I, I, I believe as she reads this, that we want to really pray that the Holy Spirit would almost bring this as a blessing into your life and into your family and over you right now. And so as she reads it to you, maybe if you've got a Bible, you want to read it, or maybe you want to close your eyes and just receive it uh, as she reads it to you. And then we'll take communion together. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God.